0: Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1522. The topic is training and the title is Intensity Technique, Mechanical Drop Set. So we did one recently, it was podcast 1518. It was a training podcast titled Technique Intensities and Progressive Set Schemes. So we did a podcast about this topic recently in the sense of intensity techniques. I actually got a couple emails and some messages on Instagram, which was really cool, that people thought that was super fun. They liked the idea of being able to learn different ways to perform movements as a way to just make training more exciting and more creative. So I was like, okay, well, heck yeah, let's keep going. (laughs) So there's a lot more to go. But I figured uh, one of the two of the people who sent feedback said it was a little overwhelming having uh, four techniques involved in the last podcast. So I decided to just do a single one today. And then you can, again, give me feedback. on what you think about that. But thank you to those who do send feedback. I want to make sure that the podcast is helpful to you. And if that means covering less information per podcast, I'm okay with that. Whatever helps it be more digestible. So I want to just cover one today. We'll see how that goes. And then, again, just give me feedback if you like this idea. Now, in podcast 1518, we talked about slow and go technique, rest, pause, progressive tempo sets, and controlled eccentrics where you kind of do like an isometric hold and an eccentric. And we talk about what the heck those terms are. <laughs> so if you don't know what any of that is, uh, check that podcast out. Super fun stuff. I also just posted on our YouTube channel very recently a uh, an, a workout that shows all of those techniques. Me actually performing them and then a voiceover explaining them in greater detail. So go check that out. I think it's like 12-minute video. And it covers all four of those, pretty pretty good detail. So check out our YouTube channel if you haven't recently. We have a lot of uh, more educational content on there. I've been trying to post more stuff on the website and on YouTube. The business has been growing really well, which I truly appreciate, and I feel very blessed. So thank you to everybody who's been deciding to work with me. And then I always try to double down on my efforts. If something well is going for me, if something going well for me, I always want to give back. So I'm trying to post more and more uh, content other than the free podcast every day. I want to post a lot more videos and and other ways in which people can learn. Okay, now getting into what this was actually about. (laughs) So what I want to talk about today is a mechanical drop set. This is different than what you may have, like what you may be aware of is another technique called a drop set. A drop set is typically whenever I would do a certain amount of weight to failure, instead of just stopping there. I would reduce weight, I would drop in weight, so hence a drop set. I would drop the weight I'm using, and then I would try to continue to go. So if I could do 50 pound dumbbells for 10 chest presses, I would then put the 50s away, hurry up and grab the 30s or 35s, and then try to do a couple more reps before I took a really long break. So a drop set is a great way to increase intensity by doing a a lighter bout of effort immediately after a heavy bout of effort. But a mechanical drop set though is, rather than dropping in weight, you drop in your position. What this means is there are some positions that are harder to perform a movement than if you were to change your position. I'm going to give examples in today's podcast. But You're changing the mechanical advantage, the mechanical position of the movement. So let's get into an example. One example is dumbbell flies into chest press. I actually love this because I have a hard time growing my chest. I have very short upper arm bones, which means my triceps take over in my chest presses. So I have a hard time actually targeting my chest. So I do a million and one flies, but that can be limiting to the weight load you can use for just the chest. So I blend in presses in various ways. One of the ways I do it is mechanical drop set. So for this is I would set up, I like doing my dumbbell flies at a 15 or 30 degree angle because it hits a little more of the upper middle chest to balance out some of the bottom chest. But I do dumbbell chest flies. Now the amount of like repetitions you do in each section is... It's variable, and you can kind of play with it a lot. There's almost like an endless amount of ways to play with that. But if you want to learn about rep ranges and what the results you get for different rep ranges, we have podcast number 214. That is forever ago, but you can find old podcasts on our website, www.brelearngym.com, and we have directions on how to find old podcasts. So podcast 214 is titled Understanding Rep Ranges and Expected Results, so therefore you can understand rep ranges that you should perform if you want a a specific result so if I'm wanting to blend strength and growth I tend to kind of and there's a lot of variety of this so please don't think that what I'm about to say is the only option in no way whatsoever there's a lot of ways to manipulate this via the number of total sets and all this other stuff but I might do dumbbell flies where I can do them pretty controlled but really good challenge around eight to ten reps Now, on my last fly, when I'm doing the contraction, bringing the dumbbells back to the top, and I'm like, oh dear God, there's no way I'm getting another one. (laughs) So I turn my hands from slightly neutral to slightly overhand, and then I just start doing chest presses. So I might do eight to ten dumbbell flies, and then I usually do somewhere of a matching to about half to matching of the total repetitions in presses. So if I did ten, I might do five to ten presses. If I did eight flies, I'd do four to eight presses i like that because it makes sure that i'm still getting muscle damage if i go a million miles an hour in the easier position and crank out like 20 extra reps that that's almost like you're just using a bunch of momentum and you're not really getting the muscle stressed and damaged so i actually blend in one of the techniques that we talked about in podcast number (laughs) 5 1518 is slow and go so I'll do my dumbbell flies at a normal pace, 8 to 10 reps. I switch over to presses, and I might do the first 2 or 3 presses really slow. Like a 2 or 3 count eccentric, 2 or 3 count concentric. To know, okay, I, I'm, I know I made this hard, so then I start to speed up a little bit, and I know that I'm fully dead at that half to a whole of number of matching reps. So if I did 10 flies, I'm going to aim for 5 to 10 presses. To make sure that five to ten presses feels hard, I start really slow in the first two or three reps and then I go ahead and move a little bit faster but then I die somewhere between that five to ten. So I use slow and go on the second position of my mechanical drop set technique. This is the fun of it because to me this is super fun to where this can sound ridiculously overwhelming that you're trying to blend all these things together. But man, why not? This makes it super cool. <laughs> so, And you get the muscles super ticked off and you end up growing a lot. So when I started lifting weights, I was fatter than I am now at a higher body fat percentage at 165 pounds. I am now 280 pounds and leaner. I can see the outlines of my abs at 280 pounds. So I've gained over 100 pounds of muscle tissue because I've been doing these crazy fun techniques for 20 years. So I love it, and it's super beneficial. So if it's a little overwhelming, just play with it a little bit, and you'll learn it over time. But doing dumbbell flies and the chest presses is a way to continue to push my chest, because the dumbbell flies should be mostly chest. And then when I switch over to doing chest presses, my triceps can help, but my chest still has to do work. So, a mechanical drop set is by changing my position, I can continue to push for more repetitions, more volume, and it's because I've allowed another muscle to help out. So, another example is actually just a positional change and how that can be beneficial. So, an easy curl bar, if you know an easy curl bar, it's also called a cambered bar. Uh, It's a little, a bar that has like kind of a squiggly line, so you can YouTube that or Google it, and often people use those for bicep curls. You can use them for skull crushers and a bunch of other things, but bicep curls is the most, most common use for easy curl uh, bars or camber bars. I will do seated bicep curls into standing bicep curls. So I'm changing my position from a seated position to a standing position, and it elongates the range of motion, and you get more stretch reflex to help in the standing portion. So a seated bicep curl, you have a a limited extension because the bar comes down and hits your thighs. That's okay because it really challenges and stresses the movement because you're having to start from kind of a dead position in the range of motion. So it's really good for getting muscle damage in the biceps, but it's limiting in weight load. So in order to balance that, you go from seated curls at like max effort up and you just stand up and you keep curling. Now they have a fuller range of motion. You can gather a little bit more stretch reflex. You can also get a little bit of hips into it, you know, a little bit of cheating on there, uh, but making sure it's still biceps is that helps you get more continued effort. So again, if I do, you know, eight to 10 reps seated, I stand up and try to do eight to 10 reps standing. So a mechanical position in the first example was flies and the presses. I'm keeping the same body position. I'm just changing my mechanics of the movement from an isolated movement to a compound movement, meaning multiple muscles are involved. With the second example, I'm actually changing my body position. A third example is dumbbell RDLs into dumbbell conventional deadlifts. And it's important that when you do the dumbbell conventional deadlift that you squeeze the glutes to get the hip lock out. And you want to keep your shoulders slightly in front of your hips at the the top so that way there's constant tension on the upper hamstrings and lower glutes. So you don't want to let your shoulders come back directly over top of your hips, or certainly not behind your hips at all, because that jacks up your lower back. But if you do dumbbell RDLs, that's really good work for the upper hamstrings and lower glutes. That really helps build conventional deadlifts if you start to struggle when the bar gets around your knees. the Dumbbell RDLs is a fantastic way to build that. So you would do dumbbell RDLs, and again, if you're looking for you know, a mixture of growth, you would do roughly 8 to 10 reps, somewhere in there. And then once that kind of reaches failure, you then go ahead and do a conventional deadlift with the dumbbells. But conventional deadlift, your shins are going to angle forward as you go down, and then they come back to vertical on the way up, which means your quadriceps get to help out. So a dumbbell RDL is all hamstrings and glutes, very minimal like involvement at all. And then if you switch into a conventional deadlift, your quadriceps get to become more involved, but it still requires your hamstrings and glutes, so you push your hamstrings and glutes further into failure. So that one, again, you're kind of in the same position, but you're just changing your movement pattern a little bit. You're letting another muscle come into the movement to help to push the targeted muscles further into failure. A fourth example would be a cable straight arm pulldowns into belly button rows. Uh, this is, if you never heard of this, it can sound weird, but if you do a cable straight arm pull down, let's say that you're doing a pull down uh, with a, a like a what's called a long bar, which would be the overhand grip bar that you use for lat pull downs. So if you do cable seated lat pull downs, it's the bar that's like four feet long and has the each end the ends kind of bend downward a little bit. If you're doing uh, straight arm pull downs with that bar, what you can do is go to failure with straight arm pull downs. And then you move into doing it with a little bit of an arm bend where you're actually rowing that handle down to your belly button. So it's going to be a little, it's going kind to of hum up higher. Like uh, on cable straight on pull downs, the bar comes down kind of like to your lower belly and your groin area, wherever the, your arms extend to. <laughs> uh, but then a belly button row, you bend your elbows a little bit as you're coming down with the bar and you try to pull the bar into your belly button. This is a little bit easier to do than a cable straight arm pull-down because you get a little bit of bicep involvement and you get a little bit of like uh, mid-back, like rhomboid, lower trap involvement. So you're adding those muscles in to push the lats further into failure. That's a really cool technique as well. So again, you're you're staying in the same position, you're just changing your movement pattern to allow other muscles to help out to push the targeted muscles further into failure. So a mechanical drop set is a really fun technique because you get kind of two exercises in one and you get the targeted muscle pushed further into failure than it would do on its own. Now, as I mentioned, you can add other techniques. Like I can add slow and go to the second part of the movement. You know, the movement that's easier, that has the more muscles involved. I can do slow and go to make sure I don't blast out a billion reps. Uh, I can also do rest pause. So maybe I'm supposed to, if I do 10 reps on the first movement and I want to get five to 10 on the second, but I only get two. Just rest the weight. Pause for two to three seconds, one or two deep breaths, and then try to keep going again. So you can use rest-pause at the end. You can also do controlled eccentrics, which we mentioned in podcast 1518. So maybe you get to, you know, the top range. So maybe I'm supposed to get five to ten reps on my second movement of the mechanical drop set. If I'm getting close, I'm at like eight, and I'm like, oh man, I'm going to do nine to ten too easy. Well, hold the isometric contraction for three count, and then slow the eccentric down for three count on the last two reps, and that'll burn the muscle out. And that's the controlled eccentrics technique that we mentioned in 1518. So there's layers to this stuff that I feel is so overwhelmingly exciting because I never have to do the same boring crap in a row, (laughs) like all the time. I get to change things up and learn things like new all the time. So you can really blend a lot of uh, techniques together to make more creativity and more fun in your training. So I thought that would be fun. So give those examples a try, and then once you understand them with the examples I gave, you can try to experiment and blend it with other movements as well. Uh, To help you better understand how to use this technique, I would listen to podcast 214, the uh, training podcast titled Understanding Rep Ranges and Expected Results, so that way you can personalize this to whether you want mostly strength, mostly muscle mass, mostly endurance, or some blend of those things. And then also listen to podcast number 220, which is a training podcast titled Muscle Intention Versus Movement Intention. What this is going to help you understand is that in all of these techniques, we're trying to keep the muscles the focus to create an enormous amount of muscular stress. You have to make sure you don't let momentum take over because that can start to uh, negatively impact the quality of the work in regards to muscular stress. You're just basically then just throwing it around, not actually muscularly contracting against the weight. load. So Podcast 220 will help you understand that better. Okay. Well, thank you for those who reached out and said that they love these kind of concepts. Let me know if covering one per podcast is better uh, to process rather than covering four. Uh, if we like this, I'll just continue to make these more often. There's a uh, um, overwhelmingly amount of techniques that are out there so I'll just keep covering them until everybody gets bored with them <laughs> but thank you to those who reached out and let me know know what your thoughts were I again I always appreciate when people comment and reach out it makes it really exciting to know that people are are benefiting from listening like I know people are listening because I can see the download numbers and where people are downloading from uh, but it's it's just more exciting to hear from the actual individuals so thank you to those who do that Well, if you like our podcast, please share it. The more people we share with, the more people we can help. Anytime you share, just let people know that they can ask questions, and we answer them for free. Thank you to those who donate to support the podcast. The podcast is well over $1,000 a year for hosting costs. I give an hour to it every day, and we're going to keep it for free. You can donate on our website, www.brutalinergym.com. You do a one-time donation, monthly donation, yearly donation, even just $5 a month. It does add up, and it does help. So thank you to those who do that. If you... Like the information we share on our podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. I post on Instagram every day, and I'm posting a lot more on YouTube, so please check us out on both of those places. If you have any questions, feedback, suggestions, anything that you want to know, let us know at our email, perlaringjim at gmail.com. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.